Welcome to the Abundant Life Podcast. This is Pastor Derry. Saying yes to God is a simple yet challenging thing in the life of the Christian. And while we intuitively understand that saying yes to God means blessing and fulfilled purpose, inside we're often struggling with how to say yes because our minds have not really been fully renewed to submit all of who we are to Christ. In today's message titled Say Yes, we dig into the issue of submitting our desires to God. Listen in, take notes, and I'll talk with you at the end of the podcast. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo, bless his name. Let me tell you something. There's a passage that says, if you faint in the day of adversity, it's because your strength is small. Amen. So don't settle for small strength. Take your small strength and give it to God. Because then he says, his joy will become your strength. <laughs> I thought somebody would say amen to that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to begin at verse 18. And I'm going to do my best to be brief today. Because this is one of those messages that if you go too far, you can't stop. Amen. Amen. I'm telling y'all. I, I can keep going if you, anytime. Amen. I was on TV for six hours one time. I just kept, we kept on preaching six hours straight. <laughs> yes, Lord. Six hours straight. We kept on. Me and my brother was, a, me and my brother of mine, we were on there. They put us on TV. We started talking and the guy was looking at the window. Y'all want a break? We like, no, no, no. We, 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 we kept on. We got the Bible out and we're going into the word. And six hours later, he said, that's it. Y'all got to go. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Why? Because I love the word. I love the word because I found it to be true. Yes. Amen. Verse 18 says, But as God is faithful, our word to you was not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, was preached among you by us, by me, Silvanus, and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him was what? Yes. Tell your neighbor, say, say yes. yes. Tyler today's message is say yes. yes. Amen. Turn in one more time. Tell your other neighbor, say, I said, say yes. yes. Amen. Verse 20. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen. To the glory of God through who? Through us. Not through angels but through us. All the promises of God are yes and amen in him through us. <laughs> amen. Tell your neighbor, say, I told you one more time. Say yes. I put it in the past tense on purpose. I told you again to say amen. I put it in the past tense because it needs to be a done deal. <laughs> amen whatever you say yes to God about needs to be a done deal it doesn't need to be I'm going to say yes tomorrow it needs to be I, yesterday I woke up and said amen I'm still saying amen today <laughs> amen I woke up yesterday and said amen to God and today I'm still saying amen why because God hasn't changed <laughs> praise the Lord God does not change verse 21 now, he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. Tell your neighbor, say, I am established and I am anointed. Hallelujah. Now, you're going to start to understand why it's through you, because you're established and anointed. But your identity has to identify with this word. You have to be able to say yes to this word to understand that you have both been anointed and appointed. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm going to read verse 21 again. Excuse me. Now, he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. You didn't get an anointing from your pastor. I can't give you an anointing. God gives your anointings. 
You can't get an anointing from your mother or your father. You're not born with that. You are born with an anointing that comes from God when you're born again. Amen? Your anointing is without question, and it can't be taken, interfered with, or rescinded. Because it comes from God. He just needs you to say yes and amen to it. Amen? Amen means so be it. It's an agreement with a statement. When you hear the word amen, let the church say why does the church say amen? So be it. So be it. Amen means I agree with what they just said. What I just heard, I agree with. Amen. <laughs> amen. All right? So let's go back to verse 19. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, Silvanus and Timothy was not yes and no, but in him was yes. Verse 20, for all the promises of God in him are. <laughs> for all the promises of God in him are. All the promises of God in him are, and in him are, to the glory of God through you. <laughs> All the promises of God are yes and amen to God's glory through you. If God's promises are to be manifested, they're manifested through you. The promises of God are manifested only through the believing ones who is who? You. It's us. We are the believing ones. And the only way God's will and God's desires are brought to pass is they have to be brought to pass through us. Go to verse 23. Moreover, I call God as witness against my soul that to spare you, I came no more to Corinth. Not that we have dominion over your faith, but our fellow workers for your joy. For by faith you stand. <laughs> Paul said, I didn't come to dominion. I didn't come to have dominion over you. I didn't come to lord over you. I didn't come to rule over you. I came so that your joy could be fulfilled because you're standing in faith with God. And your standing in faith with God is what all that I'm concerned with. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's what Paul's saying. Paul said, listen, I already know what's happening. I know God has established you. I know God has anointed you. I know his grace is sufficient for you. I know a lot of things about you. And I also know that by faith is how you're going to stand in life. That when it comes to standing in life or dealing with things you got to deal with or the challenges you face, all those things, I know that the way you're going to stand is you're going to stand by your faith. And he said, I'm here to reestablish your faith, to assure you of your faith, to let you know you can trust in God. You can trust God with your situations. You can trust God with your challenges. You can trust God in the storm. You can trust him. Woo, hallelujah. And matter of fact, not only should you trust him, you should say yes to him. Amen. Come on, y'all. Hallelujah. Listen, go to Psalms 20. Psalms 20. You're going to turn your pages a lot today. Amen. Is that okay? Hallelujah. I want the word in you. Amen. I want you to believe the word when you hear it. Amen. Psalm chapter 20. Woo. We know the psalm is a group of songs authored by David and by other uh, musicians that were all worshipers of God. And so in this particular psalm, Psalm 20, it's a psalm to the chief musician, a psalm of David. And I'm going to begin at verse 1. It says, may the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. Woo, praise the Lord. He said, the first thing I'm, I'm, pray, I'm singing, may the Lord answer you in your day of trouble. Hallelujah. That's the first thing. Verse 2, excuse me, may the name of God of Jacob defend you. Verse 2, may he send you help from the sanctuary. Hallelujah. May he send you help out of heaven. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. Come on. And strengthen you out of Zion. In other words, he's going to send strength for you out of heaven, and he's also going to send strength for you on the earth from Zion, because Zion's not in heaven, Zion's on the earth. Amen? Hallelujah. Both heaven and earth, I'm praying that it covers you. May he remember all your offerings. Woo, praise the Lord. I'm glad God remembers all my offerings. Hallelujah. I, I'm glad that when I, when, I had, when I only had 75 cents to drop in the offering bucket, God remembered it. Amen. God didn't frown on my 75. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Some people get all uptight and, and agitated. Oh, the people aren't giving enough. No, let the people give what's in their heart to give. I read this thing. The man said he was at this, he was at this meeting and they were doing the altar call. And he had been so blessed. He said he didn't have no money. He said he took a button off of his coat. <laughs> he took a button off his coat and he said, Lord, this is all I got. And he dropped it in the offering bucket. <laughs> Praise the Lord. What's you doing? He said, man, I got faith. I believe I don't have money, but I believe God has blessed me with something precious. So I'm going to drop this button in here. Do you think God received the button less than somebody who gave a thousand dollars? No. God said this button is good with me. <laughs> Amen. Come on. God will not forget your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice. Selah. Just stop right there. Selah means pause and think about it. Take a minute and amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. What kind of God do we serve? We serve a God that answers. We serve the God that sends help. And we serve a God that remembers. Mm, hallelujah. Can you say yes to that kind of God? Hallelujah. Verse 4. May he grant to you according to your what? Heart's desire. And fulfill all your purpose. Man, isn't it awesome to know God is not against your purpose? God is actually for your purpose. Isn't it awesome to know that God not only wants to see you blessed in his way, but God wants to see the desires of your heart brought to pass? Oh, man, come on. I wish I had some excited people today. Glory to God. Y'all thinking about it. Y'all thinking about it, right? Amen. Praise the Lord. Take a minute and think about this. Go to, when you're thinking about it, turn to Psalms 37. Hallelujah. I want you to say yes today, and I have no other option, to, no other plan today than to get you to say yes to God, because this is what I know about all believers. All believers have areas of their life where they won't say yes to God. I told you I was talking to this person. I was uh, uh, ministering to this person, and they were dealing with some challenges, and, and so they told me, they said, I, I, I refuse to believe in God, and I love this person. I'm, I'm trying to minister to them. They said, I refuse to believe in God. And then, unfortunately, part of their family lost possessions in this fire. They were dealing with another crisis, and then this fire has now consumed the home that this person used to own with, with one of their family members. And, and now the, 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 uh, the two family members that live there are displaced, and they're dealing with this, and they're, they're dealing with all these burdens. And they, they came to my office, and they said, you know, somebody else was praying for me, and they said to me, they, as they were praying, they said, Lord, thank you that there's nothing come upon them that they can't bear. And the person said, I started laughing when they were praying. And I said, you, you know why you're laughing? I said, you're laughing because it's true. And they backed up. They said, what do you mean? I said, you're here, aren't you? I said, you got tragedy going on left and right. I said, you're here at work with me. You're here, aren't you? I said, that means God designed you with resilience. God designed you to be resilient, and you're standing here because you've been designed to handle things. I said, and so their prayer for you hit something in you, which is why you laughed, because it's true. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Can you say yes to God? See, you've been, you've been wired resilient as well. And challenges that you face that you think you can't handle, God said, no, no, I've designed you for this. 
<laughs> you have a special design in you to endure, to overcome, and then to take dominion over Amen. the thing that is overwhelming you right now. Come on. Come on. You have been designed to overcome. Amen? But the way you overcome is learning how to say yes to God because then God will be your eyes when you're in darkness. <laughs> God will be your heartbeat when you feel like, man, I ain't got nothing else in me. God will be your, your ears when you can't hear anything else or you're getting drowned out by all the noise of the world. God will say, I will cover you and I will protect you. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Psalm 37, verse 4. Praise the Lord. I got thorough Psalm 36. Do I have a page missing? What's going on? All right, here we go. Praise the Lord. All right, here it is. <laughs> it says, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Man, when I read this passage, I got so excited. I said, man, God wants to give me the desires of my heart? That's not the God I heard about. <laughs> The God I heard about was trying to smite me <laughs> for my wickedness. God was trying to get rid of me. God was trying to strike uh, lightning bolts on me. That's the God I'm running and hiding from. But do you mean to tell me all this running and hiding? And God actually just wants me to like myself in him so that he can give me the desires of my heart. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Isn't that awesome? Hallelujah. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. So to understand that, you need to read verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. The desires actually come from God. Our desires actually come from God. What happens, though, unfortunately, is that because of Adam's fall, our desires sometimes get polluted or confused. And so sometimes our desire for partnership or fellowship gets polluted or confused by our human desire. And so sometimes our desire to be close to people gets polluted. Amen? Sometimes our desire uh, to, to accumulate things gets polluted because it turns into greed rather than it becoming that we desire to be full so that we have something to give in every need. Amen. That we have sufficiency. Whatever need we see, we're able to respond to it with a blessing. Why? Because we've become full. So that desire to be full or to, to prosper sometimes gets confused by the spirit of greed. So desires that we have are good desires. They're desires, but we have to filter through the human flesh in order to get to the jewel that God has placed in the heart of every person. Amen? So the, uh, people have heard it said, money's the root of all evil. It's not money is the root of all evil. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. When you start to make money an idol, then idol becomes something that stands between you and God. Amen? But the desire is not bad. The desire is nothing wrong with it. And matter of fact, the desire should be cultivated. And if we delight ourselves in the Lord, then he starts to cause that desire to come to pass. It's when we're trying to bring it to pass ourselves where we get into trouble. Amen? Amen. Listen, go to Mark chapter 8. Your desire has to be focused on Christ in order to get to the godly desire that's in your heart. Amen? Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. Hallelujah. See, when Jesus was talking to his disciples, he kept trying to shake their mindset. He kept saying to them things that would challenge them because he was trying to get them to see things the way God saw them. He was trying to give them a kingdom vision and kingdom understanding. And because they were human, they had to fight through the flesh in order to try to hear him. And unfortunately, because he had not yet gone to the Father, they couldn't understand. But it didn't change him from planting seeds. Sometimes God deposits things into our minds and hearts that we don't get when he says them. But someday they all become clear. Amen? Amen. Amen. Mark chapter 8, verse 34. 
And when he had called the people to him, with his disciples also, he said to them, whoever desires, is that word, desire. Desire is a strong emotion. Desire is an emotion that, that, that wants to pursue something. When you desire something, you pursue it. When you get hungry and you desire food, you pursue food. Amen? Some people say, I got hangry, right? Hungry and angry together, right? Why? Because I'm hungry and it's got to the point where my, my desire is I got to eat and I'm, I'm not going to let anything stand between me and food. My desire becomes strong. So Jesus said, anyone who desires to come after me. In other words, to follow Jesus, you have to have a desire to follow. Nobody can make you follow Christ. Nobody can make you be a disciple. Because the kingdom is not for the makes. That's the law. The law makes you do stuff. But grace is sufficient for those who will come to grace. God gives forgiveness for all who will come. But you've got to come. In other words, you've got a desire to come there in order to receive it. So what does he say? He says, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But he whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's sake will save it. For what profit will it give to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Hallelujah. He says here, he said, if you want your desire to be fulfilled, you want to find your life, you got to lose your old life and find it in Christ. You got to lose your old life and find your life in Christ. Yeah, take up your cross. In other words, you got to die daily, let the old man go, and let the new man be resurrected in the fullness and the newness of life, because that's where you're going to find your life. I'm a witness of this reality. I'm a witness of the fact that I was trying to make a lot of things happen in life, and it wasn't until I could say yes to God that God revealed to me who I really was, because I was pursuing wrong stuff. I was pursuing things that were good, they were noble, they were right as the world standards, but they were not right for me. And when I was able to pull back the curtain and die to myself and say, Lord, here I am. <laughs> I'm broken and I'll let you do whatever you please. It was then that he revealed who I was and then he began to move me into new things in life and those new things prosper wherever I go. Hallelujah. Wherever I go, God finds a way to make it prosper. Why? Because I yielded myself to him. I was willing to die. I was willing to let myself go and let him be manifested in me. Amen. Turn to Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2. 2 and 20 to be exact. Book of Galatians chapter 2. Praise the Lord. Galatians and Ephesians. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In other words, I'm crucified with Christ. I said yes to him. I said yes to Christ, and because I was willing to allow his death to be my death, I now accept his life as my life. And now I live by faith and not by sight. Now the life I live, I live by faith and not by sight. I'm not living by what I see. I'm living by what I believe. And what I believe is God is the author and finisher of my faith. God is the one who's walking me through this life. And though challenges come on every hand, God will always sustain me. God will always see me through crisis. He will see me through problems. He will see me through challenge. Why? Because my life I live is not mine. It's his. 
Amen? Amen. Amen. Look, how, what is your expectation? I want, to read, I want to read this Mark 8. I want to read it to you from the Message Bible. From the Message. Listen close to this one. Mark chapter 8, verse 34 in the Message. Let me scroll there. Excuse me. Yeah, verse 34. Calling the crowd to join his disciples, Jesus said, anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. <laughs> you can't come with Jesus and you be in control. <clears throat> you can't drive from the passenger seat in Jesus' ride. Amen? <laughs> You're not in the driver's seat. I am. <laughs> this is what the Message Bible says, y'all. <laughs> You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I will show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way. It's my way to saving yourself, your true self. What good would it do for you to get everything you want and lose you, the real you? What could you ever trade your soul for? Man, hallelujah, the real you. Saying yes to Christ will reveal the real you. I had an identity in the world, and I had to say yes to God, and God gave me a new identity. Amen? But the identity God gave me ended up being my real identity. Because <laughs> now I have nothing to hide. <laughs> Amen, y'all. When I got the new identity in Christ, I didn't have to keep a persona. I don't have to keep a look. I can be who I am. I can be the real me. Why? Because he's revealing the real me and he's cleansing my desire. So he's getting all the flesh off the desires to reveal the real heart that's in there. The real heart that's in there. So saying yes to God is what starts to cleanse you and work you into a new way. Listen, what do you expect to get from God? What do you expect to get from God? If you give yourself to God, what do you expect to receive from God? Because he said, if you delight yourself in me, I'll give you the desires of your heart. But what do you really expect from God? Because what you expect is will make you either run to God or run from God. <laughs> when you get to, when you figure out what you really expect from God, it will either make you run to God or it will be answer you as to why you've been running from God. <laughs> Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on, listen, go to Proverbs uh, 10. Proverbs 10. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want you to, I'm going I'm to I'm take my time and let you get to this one because I, I want you to look at this one with your own eyes. Hallelujah. Proverbs 10, verse 22 is where we're going to begin. Hallelujah. What do you expect from the Lord? How you, when you get there, tell your neighbor, amen, I'm there. Tell me, if your neighbor's not there, tell me, you need to read your Bible more. Come on. <laughs> uh, amen. I ain't trying to start no strife out there. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. The blessing of the Lord makes one and he has no sorrow with it. Praise the Lord. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Let's look at verse 23. To do evil is like sport to a fool, but a man of understanding has wisdom. And verse 24 is where I want you to focus your lenses. The fear of the wicked will come upon him, and the desire of the righteous will be granted. Woo, hallelujah. The desire of the righteous will be granted. Ask your neighbor, say, are you righteous today? What is righteousness? Righteousness is to be in right standing with God, and there's only one way that the human being becomes right standing with God, and that is through Christ Jesus. 
Jesus has been made the righteousness of God for us, our behalf. We have been made righteous because of Christ. And that is the only way that a man becomes righteous before God is through Christ. And Christ receives you with your bruises, your blemishes, with, your, with everything else that's not perfect about you, with everything look about you that is not right, everything in your past, everything else. Christ receives you in him by faith through the grace of God. The grace of God covers you and God accepts you. That's why I said I can be who I am because why? I'm under the grace of God. All things are lawful for me because I no longer live under the law. Amen? <laughs> Amen. Look at 24 again. The fear of the wicked will come upon him. In other words, when you're dwelling in your own flesh, your fears do come upon you. Whatever you fear, it comes to you. It finds its way to you. It finds its way right to you. But the desire of the righteous is granted. See, the desires, when we put ourselves in right standing with Christ, our desires are granted. Why? Because God delights, as we delight ourselves in him, what does he do? He's granting to us the desires of our hearts. And this is the reality of what the kingdom is. And, and we have to understand that everything in the world fights against this. Everything in the world fights against this. It fights against the fact that if you really yield yourself to God, that you will not get your desires. That's what it says. And what happens is sometimes come, people come and yield themselves to church, but not to Christ. And when you yield yourself to church, you get whatever the church can give you. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. But he didn't say yield yourself to church. He said yield yourself to God. Delight yourself in the Lord. In other words, when you come to church and you've delighted yourself in the Lord, then whatever you do in word or deed, you do it as unto him. And what happens? Your relationship with him becomes strong. And in that relationship, he shows you how he wants to move you into new places and do new things. And you don't get tired. You get refreshed and energized. Because why? Because the spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me. We have an anointing and we are established from God. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Come on. I served a church for 27 years and I didn't pull my head up. <laughs> I never got tired. I kept on going. I served for 27 years straight. <laughs> why? I didn't get tired. You know why I didn't get tired? Because I wasn't working for my church. I was working as unto the Lord. And I praised the Lord for my church. And I was blessed by my church, but I never one day worked for my church. Every day I worked as unto the Lord. When I showed up there to do the radio program, 20 years I did the radio program. Nobody knew I'd, when I did it because I'd go in the middle of the night or I'd do whatever. Guess what? I didn't care because it was mine and I gave it to God. And what did he do? He blessed me. He blessed me over and over again. He poured out his grace upon me. He did great things. When nobody knew about anybody going to juvenile hall, I would go. Why? Because I didn't need nobody to know. Because I wasn't working for nobody. I was working as unto the Lord. Woo! Hallelujah. Man, hallelujah. Never one day. So I never got tired. Why? Because the Lord will renew our strength. Hallelujah. He will cause us to mount up with wings like eagles. Hallelujah. When you start getting weary in what you're doing, you got to check why you're doing it and come back and say, wait a minute. I'm going to delight myself in the Lord right now. Hallelujah. I'm going to delight myself in the Lord. Hallelujah. Woo. Hallelujah. Come on, tell your neighbor, say, I'm delighting in the Lord. Hallelujah. Mm, praise him. Hallelujah. Come on now. Oh, man. Come on. Woo. Turn to Proverbs 13, 13 and 12. Praise the Lord. I praise God for teaching me lessons from his word. Amen. Hey Amen. Amen. Proverbs 13, two, two flips over. Verse 1, a wise son heeds his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. Listen, if you can't handle correction, you need to go back to God. Amen? <laughs> Verse 2, a man shall be well. Excuse me. A man shall eat well by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the unfaithful feeds on violence. He who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. The soul of the slugger desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. 
Amen. It's not enough to want something. You're going to have to put behind it what God tells you to put behind it. Amen. God, listen, hope is what you see in the future, but your faith is what you do right now. Faith is what you believe right now. Your hope is what you see in the future. You're supposed to have a future and a hope. You're supposed to see something in the distance, but your faith is what tells you, take step one. Don't just dream about it. Get to it. Amen. Take a step today. Take a step of faith today. Take a step. But I don't have all I need. That's okay. Just take a step of faith. Come on. But I don't, but I, you know what? But I, 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 I can't do that. Take a step of faith. I've worked with this man. This man had, uh, 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 he had been, um, I'll just say it this way. He came and sat in my chair. I was doing career counseling with him. He said, I want to be a doctor, but uh, everybody I see, they tell me, stop, stop dreaming about being a doctor. I said, no, you should dream about, why? I said, why couldn't you be a doctor? Well, I can't be a doctor because of this. And he started telling me, I said, okay, fine. I said, well, you're not going to be a doctor tomorrow. <laughs> I said, because I wouldn't let you operate on me tomorrow. But you don't need to give up your hope, but you do need to today take a step of faith in that direction. What can you do today to step into that direction? What can you take as an active step of faith in the direction that you're trying to go? Amen? Amen. Come on. Go to verse, uh, let's go to verse uh, 12. Verse 12 is where I was trying to take you guys. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Man. In other words, you've been hoping for something so long and your heart gets sick about it. You don't, you don't even want to hope about it anymore. You don't even think about it anymore. Oh, man, I ain't, just, I ain't trying to think about that. Your heart is getting discouraged. Hope deferred. Hope is out there and it gets deferred. It makes your heart sick. Amen? Can somebody say, I, I understand that? But that's why you got to read the whole Bible. Because <laughs> the second part of that verse says, but when desire comes, it's a tree of life. Hallelujah. You may hope for something, but when you get it, hallelujah, when your desire is fulfilled, it becomes a tree of life. In other words, you get it and it produces over and over and over again. Amen. It becomes a tree that brings life. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm looking over here. I see a couple in the room. Hallelujah. Hope deferred. But then what? When desire is granted. Praise the Lord. We got a tree of life on our hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We got a tree of life on our hands. What does that mean? That means there's an opportunity for fruitfulness. There's an opportunity for new growth. There's an opportunity to be challenged. But guess what? Whenever something grows, it's got to be pruned too. Hallelujah. The old stuff's got to get pruned off so the new stuff can live. Amen. Come on. What's happening? A challenge and a transformation is occurring. Why? Because hope deferred started making you discouraged and making you feel sick. But once that desire is granted, hallelujah, there's new life and there's new energy. There's new things to be done. Glory to God. Come on, tell your neighbor, say, I say yes to God. Come on, Romans 15. Romans 15. I'm going to dig this into you so deep. Come on, Romans chapter 15. I want you to have every reason to say yes to God, and I'm going to show you what comes to tries to make you say no. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Hallelujah. See, before you can say yes to God, you've got to trust him. And before you can trust him, you've got to have faith in him. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 13. Excuse me, Romans chapter 15. Verse 13. Thank y'all. Y'all with me. I love the fact y'all are so attentive. Y'all be listening to words I say. Hallelujah. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Paul said, I'm praying for you what? The God of hope finds you. In other words, God is a God of hope. God is not a God of unfulfilled things. God's a God of hope. Amen? So as we're dealing with challenges and we're seeing people live through challenges, you know what we have to do? We have to keep hope. We cannot let our hope die because we see tragedy. When we see tragedy and it begins to sway us, that tragedy changes our expectation from God. 
See, Abraham had a promise from God. You're going to have a baby. You and your wife, Sarah, are going to have a baby. That's God's promise to them. But they started to get discouraged. And so God shows up at the window and tells Sarah, you're going to name your baby Isaac. Because she laughed at the promise of God. And Isaac means laughter. He said, because you laughed, that's what you're going to name your child. You're going to name him laughter. Isaac will be his name. But they still got discouraged because years went by. And it felt like they weren't getting where God told them to go. And so finally, Sarah says to Abraham, look, it's not going to happen. Take my handmaid. Have a baby with her. And go head on. So he does. He follows her instructions. They have a child and turmoil breaks out in the house. Why? Because now the maid's got a child and she doesn't. And eventually her and the maid get into it and she kicks the maid and the child out the house. Why? Because God wasn't done. Hope deferred made her sick. And in her sickness, she made a recommendation that was not a godly recommendation. She meant her husband was discouraged too. So he said, well, Okay. <laughs> he just went along with it. And the two of them then have a problem that won't go away because Ishmael is a human being. He ain't going nowhere. He's here to stay. <laughs> and even today, the human solution and the promise are still fighting. After generations and generations. But God said, you're going to have a child. And your hope deferred is not going to stop me from fulfilling what I said I'm going to do if you will keep your hope. Amen? And how are you going to keep it? You're going to keep it by the Holy Spirit. Listen to this same thing in, uh, in the Message Bible. Chapter, uh, chapter 13. It says, oh, may the God of green hope Fill you up with joy. Fill you up with peace so that your believing lives, that all of your believing lives be filled with the life-giving energy of the Holy Spirit will brim over with hope. In other words, when you feel down on your energy, you got to get strengthened in the Holy Spirit. Get strengthened in the Spirit of God. Get strengthened in His hope, His power for you. Amen? Come on. Last thing, I want you to go to Isaiah. Last couple of items here. I want you to get a hold of this. What are God's thoughts of greatness towards you? What do you believe God desires for you? Do you believe God's thoughts of greatness for you? See, when we look at our own lives, we see our lives one way. We don't see our lives the way God sees our lives. Isaiah 55. Isaiah chapter 55. Hallelujah. Isaiah 55. When you get there, tell your neighbor, amen. amen. Verses 8 and 9. Hallelujah. There we go. Verses 8 and 9. God says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, said the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. In other words, when God looks at you, God's not thinking like you. God does not look in your mirror and say, ooh, we got to do something about this. <laughs> I thought that was funny, but uh, anyway. <laughs> God doesn't look at you the way you look at you. You look at you and you see your flaws, you see your cracks, you see whatever. You look at you and you see your capacity and what your top is. Whatever it is that you believe, this is all I can do. God does not look at you that way. God sees a way that is higher than your ways. <laughs> Come on. Verse 8 again. Or my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. Listen to Romans chapter 3. I know you're moving quick. Listen to this. Romans chapter 3, verse 8. 
And why not say, let us do evil that good may come. As we are slanderously reported and as some affirm that we say their condemnation is just. That's the wrong passage. That's not what I want. I want Revelations 3 and 8. Sorry, Revelations 3 and 8. I read you the wrong passage. Excuse me. Revelation 3 and 8 says, I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength, and have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Hallelujah. He said, listen, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. You're looking at your own life, and you're seeing your own strength, but I got strength for you. Amen? I put an opportunity, I put a door before you that no man can close. I put opportunities and things in front of you that other people can't take away from you. And I thought about something one day, I got a little discouraged about something, and the Lord told me, he said, son, nothing can be taken from you that is yours. <laughs> you will have to give up what's yours. But if something's for you, it can't be taken from you. Why? Because I set a door open before you that no man can close. Come on, nobody can close the doors that are open before you. Amen? So if your boss is giving you a hard time, stop worrying about your boss. Because your, your boss can't close doors that God opens for you. Come on, don't worry about people because people can't close the doors that God opens for you. Amen? Listen, there was a door that was closed in front of me, and I was mad about the door being closed. And then all of a sudden, the door opened wide open, and it opened so wide, I couldn't help but walk through it. Same door, but it was closed the first time because God was preparing me. Hallelujah. He showed me the door so I knew what was in the door. And he closed the door because he didn't want me going in yet. Because I wasn't prepared to go in. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on. See, that devil don't like that. Amen. Come on. God closed the door because the door was not supposed to be open. But when God opened the door, the door was open and I said, how have to go through? Because I went through with God on my side. I went through with God with me. And I went through totally prepared for what was in the door. Amen? Because some doors you go in, there's something in the room. <laughs> and you need to be prepared for what's in the room. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. God is not going to close something that he opens in your behalf. And I need you as a congregation, I need you to be thinking about the fact and looking at the fact that God's opening doors and God's closing doors. And when God opens the door, praise the Lord for the open door. Go through with boldness. Go through knowing. Yes, I'll say yes to you, God. I know if I delight myself through you and I go through this door, that you will grant me the desires of my heart. When the door opens, I thank you that you're making the way for me to go in and do what I need to do and be what I need to be. And you will manifest yourself in a way and show me the way of your salvation. Amen? Come on, listen. Go to, uh, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 16 now. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Most people don't get all the way back to chapter 16 when they read 1 Corinthians. Amen. Come on, we, st we start letting up after we get past chapter 14. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9 is where we're going. Paul told the Corinthians church, he said, For a great and effective door has been opened to me, and there are many adversaries. Amen. When we're praying this morning, I shared this with you. There's an effective door open for you. But guess what? There's adversaries in it, too. That's why you need to, before you go in the door, you need to be prepared. You need to be prepared because there's, there's adversaries in the door, but they're not there to have dominion over you. They're there for you to have dominion over something. I told you before. When Adam was blessed and God said, go into the garden, be fruitful, multiply. This garden is yours. Have dominion over the garden. When God told him that, God already knew the serpent was in the garden. We, started, we act like, wow, where'd the serpent come from? The serpent was put in the garden. He was put there to have dominion over, but Adam failed to have dominion over it. Why? Because Adam got persuaded that something was bigger than God. Come on, man, come on. Guess what? You're going to go through doors and there's adversaries in the doors, but don't be afraid of the adversaries. Walk in the door boldly. Walk in the door with God on your side. Walk in the door with what God has blessed you with and strengthened you with. Amen? Because why? Because you are called for such a time. It is God who has anointed you. It is God who's put his hand on you. It's God who's anointed you for the moment that you're in. 
Hallelujah. I wasn't born 100 years ago because I wasn't supposed to be born 100 years ago. I wasn't born in the future because I wasn't supposed to be born in the future. I was supposed to be born on November 3rd, 1963. And when I got here, I'm here to fulfill the purpose God has on my life. And I believe what? God has got two things for me. He's got a will and he's got a to-do for me. Amen? He's got a will and a to-do for you. You are here, born the way you were born, to who you were born, in the family you were born in, for the purpose God has for you. Amen. Don't get mad at your parents if they didn't treat you right. So what? Praise the Lord. They made me who I am. <laughs> Hallelujah. They did the best they could. But a door was not open for you to be born rich. <laughs> you were born, born the way you were born. Amen. I don't know how you were born, but you were born the way you were supposed to be born. Amen. To who you were supposed to be born to. Because they made a deposit in you. And they left something for you. And now here you are in 2018 with a door of opportunity before you. Hallelujah. You got doors of opportunity open before you right now. Hallelujah. And guess what? There are adversaries in the door, but praise the Lord for the adversaries. Hallelujah. Because they're just targets for you to have dominion over. Come on. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm ready huh, to say yes to God. Hallelujah. Come on. Go to first, go, uh, turn back a couple of chapters. We're going to chapter, uh, chapter 10, and then we're going to close. Chapter 10, we're going to leave with this scripture here. See, when you start saying yes to God, there are two things that you're going to face. You're going to face fear, and you're going to face negativity. Fear and negativity are the two things you're going to face. Fear, because the enemy is going to bring everything around you to cause you to be afraid. He's going to threaten you with everything he can. He's going to threaten you with your own image of yourself. He's going to threaten you with adversaries, Hittites, Jebusites, Boogabites, whatever they are. They're all going to come your way. They're going to come your way. Amen. They're going to provide. They're going to stand up and say that they are greater than your God. And negativity can come from the outside or from the inside. <laughs> amen. So we're asking you to say amen, but sometimes inside you're saying, no, man, no. I'm not doing that. I'm not going there. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 is an interesting, interesting passage. And I'm going to read two portions of it here. I'm going to begin at verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food. They all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. So I'm going to stay there. Listen to me. Whenever you hear Scripture talking about Egypt... Egypt is always a parallel for the bondage of your life. So he said, verse 1, Brethren, I don't want you to be unaware that all our fathers passed under the cloud. In other words, they were all these fathers, all the fathers of the, of the Jews, they all shared the same thing. They were born into bondage. Everybody that got brought out of Egypt was born into slavery in Egypt. They were all born slaves. And the same thing is true for you. You were born a slave of sin. You were born that way. You were born into it. The same way they were born into slavery, you were born into sin. He said, make no mistake, all of them were under that. But they all came out. But when they came out, what did they do? They, got, they had the same experience of crossing through the Red Sea. They were all had the same experience of being baptized. They had all had the same spirit of the pillar of cloud, the pillar of fire, and the cloud before them. They all had that same experience. They all ate the same spiritual food. They all drank the same spiritual drink, just like all of us are doing right now. We all have the Word of God. We all been baptized in the faith. We all received the Spirit of God. We all got the same things. We all have it. He said, but some people God was not pleased with. After all that, look at verse six, excuse me, verse five. But with most of them, God was not well pleased 
for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. And I'm not going to go through this all at this point, but there's basically four things he talks about here. Four things that cause people to fall or not fulfill what God has for them and make them not say yes to God. The first thing is called idolatry. In other words, placing something above God. So the first thing that keeps us from saying yes to God is something that becomes an idol for us, an idol for our lives. Now, I won't ask you to identify idols that you have, but you need to understand this. We'll talk about it more another time. The sexual, second is sexual immorality. And sexual immorality has layers, and we're not going to go all into that right now, but the real issue is, is again, something that fleshly draws us out of partnership with God. Number three is tempting Christ. Tempting Christ means that we look to God and we deny God's authority over our life. So we give our life to Jesus, but then we won't submit to Jesus. In other words, we're Christians, but we won't submit to the authority of the word, or we won't submit to the authority of the church, or we won't submit to other things. And then finally is murmuring. And murmuring is specifically when we complain not about our circumstances, but we, we complain about the dominion that God has given us. And what I mean by that is we complain about the dominion in that we start to confess that the environment is bigger than the thing that God put in us. In other words, God blesses us and he says, I put my spirit in you. But when we begin complaining or murmuring about the circumstance, what we're saying is the circumstances are bigger than the spirit of God in us. So he said, these four things are things that stop us from saying yes to God. They are things that overwhelm us. But then we want to go to verse 11. It says, now all these things happened to them as examples. And they were written for our admonition on whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. In other words, beware, aware of these things. No temptation is overtaking you except that which is common to man, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Now, I read you that because for years I read that passage and all I can think about was not sinning. God, I'm fighting the temptation of sin. I'm fighting this temptation of sin. And I'm battling with sin and everything else. And then one the day the Holy Spirit says, son, sin has no dominion over you. Why are you fighting with sin like you're fighting it? You're fighting with sin because you're not getting the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is you don't fight sin by wrestling with sin. You fight sin by saying yes to me. <laughs> so you fight sin by saying yes to God. And see, the, the problem here and the problem with us in the church is that as we are called to do so much great greatness, to perform at such a high level, to do so many great things, the problem for us always comes back to the fact that our identity stands between us and what God's called us to do. Verse 23 says, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but all things do not edify. Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. God says, all you got to do is get your mind right. Get your mind right and you will overcome. And not only will you overcome, you will put temptation under your feet because God's always making a way of escape for you. You are never in such pressure. You're never under such things that you can't obey God because God will always make a way of escape for you. God always makes a way of escape. Why? Because his desire is for your goodness. He wants to grant you the desires of your heart. So the last thing he would do is box you into something you can't overcome. If God desires that your heart's desire be fulfilled, then what does he want? He wants the best for you. He wants to see you move into strength and move into faith. And you have to put your faith in the fact that God has already made a way of escape. Amen. God's already made a way of escape for you. God has already Amen. blessed you with every spiritual blessing in Christ. God has already blessed you with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Think about it. 
Think about it. I don't know what you're battling. I don't know what you have as far as what you have to overcome. I don't know where God has called you or told you to go. But every time you start meditating on where God has told you to go, when the enemy comes in, you're going to have to take that dominion and put him where he needs to be. Put him under your feet. Put him into position. Don't just live anymore for yourself. No, I'm here to be a blessing. I'm here to bless the world. Hallelujah. I'm here to bless the world. I'm going to bless the world where I stand first. Then I'm going to bless them in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria to the end of the earth because I'm going to keep saying yes to God. And when God says something and it looks too big, I'm going to say, Lord, it looks big, but praise the Lord, I know you're bigger than that. Praise the Lord. No, you're able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all I can ask or think about according to the power of God that you put on the inside of me. I'm able to do more. Hallelujah. I'm able to do whatever God says I can do. Hallelujah. Do you have a mentality? Do you have it right now? That today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you don't have to live by limitation. Today is the day that you can move into new things in God. That you can be everything God called you to be. Hallelujah. Who were you were born? I don't care. I don't care what that was. I only care the fact that God today is able to move you in a new place if you can say yes. I want you to get in your heart right now what is the desire has for God has for you. I want you to meditate just a minute on what does God have for me? What has God told me? What has God spoken to me? What has God promised me? What has God said to me? What have I heard? What did I read in the word that stood up off the pages and said to me, yes, I'm talking to you. What did I, what did I, what have I received? What have I seen of God? And when you see it, you need to say yes. And you need to not try to figure out how it's going to happen. You need to just say yes. Amen. Amen. You need to just say yes. You need to just say yes. Hallelujah. Say yes to the promises of God. The promises of God are yes and amen in him, in Christ, through you. Amen. The only way God's promises are going to be fulfilled is if you grab a hold of them and you receive them to yourself. If you receive it, then God will do mighty things. Amen. Come on, you got to receive whatever God has for you. Hallelujah. you got to get excited about the fact that God has promises in the Word of God. And I trust in the Word and I believe what He says. Hallelujah. I believe God for healing. Guess what? I walk as the healed of God. Hallelujah. I don't deny symptoms. I got symptoms. So what? I'm healed of my symptoms. Amen. I'm healed of whatever's bothering me. I'm healed. Whatever tried to attack me last night, I have dominion over today. And guess what? You won't look at me and tell anything attack me. You know why? Because by faith I stand. Come on. Why do I stand? I stand because God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly. I believe that word. I say yes when he says yes. He says you're healed by the stripes of Jesus. So you know what I say? I say I'm healed. Hallelujah. He said, you're rich. You have all things. Guess what? I'm rich. I got all things. Hallelujah. But what about what you don't have? I ain't worried about what I don't have. I got all I need. And what I don't yet have, I will have soon. Why? Because it's on the way. God created light out of darkness. God creates things, the seen out of the unseen. Amen. Why does he do it? He did it by faith and so am I. Amen. So are you. You have things you need to do. You've got things you need to do. And you can no longer let the enemy tell you they can't be done. I'm going to let you meditate, but I want you to meditate on it. Don't let the enemy tell you it can't be done. When we said in Ephesians 1, he said that the eyes of your understanding, I'm praying, the eyes of your understanding be flooded light that you might see it. <laughs> That you might see it, the spirit of wisdom and understanding come upon you that you might see what God sees. That you can see what God sees. You got unbelieving people in your household, stop telling them they're sinners. Start prophesying to them. Start speaking life over their health. Don't, don't, don't call up all of their errors and faults. Stop calling that up. Start calling and prophesying over them what God says about them. Hallelujah, because you are the first voice and the power's got to come through you, amen? So you got to be the one to prophesy. You got to be the one to speak it. You got to be the one to declare it. You got to be the one to say it. Why? Because God said yes and you need to say yes with God. Come on, hallelujah. If your spouse ain't acting right, don't tell them how unright they are. Start prophesying to them. (laughs) Amen. Come on. 
your job is whack. Don't, don't, oh, I hate this job is whack. No, don't say that. Begin prophesying over the place. Father, I thank you this place is blessed. I thank you this place from the top, from the president of this company to the janitor that was last hired. I thank you, Lord, that you're blessing this company. You're moving through this place. You are doing a mighty thing. I thank you that you bless them. I thank you if anything unrighteous is in here. Lord, that you drive it out so that this place can continue to prosper at a new level. Prophesy to it. Why? Because God says, say yes. All my promises are yes to you. All my promises are yes to you. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands. Let's give God praise. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you that you're saying yes to us and we're saying yes to you. We thank you, Lord, that you're doing a new thing in us. You are doing a new thing in us. We thank you, Lord, for over, low, overshadowing the negativity of the adversary. And we thank you, Lord, for the newness and the freshness of your life. Thank you for listening to today's message titled, Say Yes. For more information about Abundant Life Worship Center, we want you to feel free to check out our website at AbundantLifeWorship.net. On our site, you're going to find more information about us, our church and events calendar, and other messages that may be of interest to you. And once again, the site is AbundantLifeWorship.net. You can also find us on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash AbundantLifeWorship.net. On all of our pages, you're going to find some really great and interesting things. You'll find some opportunities to serve, opportunities to become part of the ministry in general. And we look forward to seeing you sometime soon. God bless, and we look forward to hearing you and seeing you on our next podcast. And until then, I want you to remember that Jesus came to give you life, and that more abundantly.